And uh, congratulations on all your success and taking time out of your day to, you know, while you're tra- while you're out there training, coming out to talk to me. Oh yeah, for sure. It's a pleasure for uh, for you to give me the opportunity to be here. No, no, the pleasure is all mine. Uh, so how's the how's the training going? I know you told me you're up in Dallas area. Are you getting ready for the combine or what? What are you doing? Oh, so far I'm getting ready for pro day. I haven't heard back from the combine yet, and uh, I'm training in Midlothian at Athlete Sport right now. Okay, what is your day really? What does it look like? Is it really really long days, hard training? Yeah, it is very long days. Eight to six p.m. basically every day. So, yeah. uh, awesome. That's awesome. A lot of a lot of weightlifting, a lot of speed training, stuff like that. Yeah, a lot of uh, we Monday, Wednesday, Friday are like all weight heavy and uh, tuning in, uh, running running form and things of that nature. Tuesdays and Thursdays are much more position based, so one on one with the online coach, and then the afternoon is recovery. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I actually saw you uh, on Twitter. That's how I saw it. It was uh, Vayner Sports that tweeted out that they picked you up. And so I actually, what I did was I commented on it because I like to comment on all the all the stuff. And then you actually responded to me. And I was like, oh, cool. Let me let me look into this guy a little bit. And I looked into it and I saw your story and yeah. like kind of how you, how you got here. And I was just, I was really inspired by it. And I feel like you have a story to tell that, that could inspire other people who are maybe going through some tough times or what. So how did you, how did you get to where you are now? You know, kind of just tell everyone your story. Oh, well, um, so I was, um, I was born in, uh, Point Noir in Congo, in the Republic of Congo. It's a small country in Central Africa. And I was actually born a refugee. And then, uh, two months after I was born, my family flew from Congo to West Africa and Togo. And that's where I lived till I was 11. And then when I was 11 years old, uh, I came to the United States through the reinstallation program by the American government where they pick a certain amount of families basically every so often and then get them to like restart their lives in the United States. So I came to the United States when I was yeah, 11 years old in sixth grade and uh, lived in a small town in West Texas by the name of Abilene, Texas, Rose Mulata in, in West Texas, and then moved to Denton, Texas my junior year of high school and then uh, went to college at TCU. That's like the the short and sweet version of it, but like yeah, a bunch of things happen in between. Okay, wow, yeah. awesome, awesome. So did you did you know as soon as you got here, did you get straight into football or what? not at all? I didn't know anything about football. I didn't know American football existed until I came to the United States. I've never seen it, heard of it. I I didn't know until I was eleven that there was somewhere out there people that put pads and helmet on and then played a game called football like at all. I remember the first time I watched the game, it was a peewee game. One of my good friends uh, passed away now a chance. His house was right next to a, a field, like a community field. And I remember I came to his house and like, obviously like, you know, I've seen like snippets of like, you know, football poster all around town or whatever, but never paying mind of it. But there was like a peewee game and I was like, okay, like let's go out and see, you know, like, how's football actually game played and all that. And I step out there and I was like, this game makes no sense whatsoever. Right. I was like, this is just chaos. It, like, it's, it's absurd. I was like, it's, like, there's a ball and then like, first of all, it's called football, but nobody seems to kick it. And it's like, somebody throws it, somebody runs it. Like, it's just, it was just a mess. I was like, yeah, I don't like this game. And I really didn't really, I mean, I played a little bit in 
let me not say I played. I was part of the team in Abilene just because, you know, like, I, again, I came here as a refugee when I was 11. I didn't really know too many people at school. I, I joined the team because I was okay, like, this is my way to not only learn English because I didn't speak English when I first got to the United States, but, you know, like, be friends with people because, you know, the cool kids were on the team. And I was like, okay, like, if I'm on the team, then I have a chance to, like, you know, befriend people. But I was like, yeah, this is not my cup of tea at all. I just didn't like it. And then um, moved to Denton, Texas. And the first two weeks at Dan Ryan, he's going to be, I mean, he became my online coach after the first two weeks. Every day he woke up to me, Coach Ian, and be like, what, what sports do you play? I'm like, I don't play sports. I just, I go to school. At the time, I really always like basketball. I was like, I'm going to play basketball. And he looked at me. He was like, son, you don't understand. Like, you have the size. Come out there and play football. I was like, ah, I don't really like football. Like, I, re- I really don't get the game. It's just a whole mess. He did that for two weeks. And after two weeks, I, I felt, I was like, okay, dude. Like, I come out there and, I, you know, I, I try. I try it out. See see if I like it. See if I stay in. Um, he's just been all, like, he was awesome. He's, he's the main reason why I came to TCU. He, he taught me the fundamentals of the game. He taught me to love the game. Like, because of him, I actually – went back and look at the history of football. Like, you know, how, where did it come from? How, like, how has the game uh, evolved? You know, I'm a very cerebral person. So I used to watch NFL films, like, like nothing. Like, I was just, like, I watched, like, just, just way back in the gap. Like, I was like, okay, like, you have, like, cornerbacks for the Ra- Raiders, uh, Night Train, Night, Night Train Lane. Like, you know, I would talk about this with my friends, and they were like, wait, who are you talking about? I'm like, oh, no, I was just watching NFL films like that, and I was like, oh, like, it was a really good corner. And it was, you know, like, learning the history of football made me fall in love with football, and then, yeah, that's that's how I came to like it. Wow, that that's really awesome. So, yeah. you had no idea about football. Uh, did you know about rugby? Was rugby big over Yeah, I knew there? about rugby, but rugby wasn't very as, I guess, like, it wasn't a very – well known, like I knew about rugby, I know the concept of rugby. I've mm-hmm. never seen it play. Like, all we played back home, like when we were in Togo, when we were in Togo, was soccer. I was a huge soccer fan. I mean, I'm still am. I'm I, I tell people I have blues in my blood. I was a Chelsea fan, I was born a Chelsea fan, I'm gonna die a Chelsea fan. So, <laughs> you know, I was a big, big soccer fan. I remember growing up, Didier Drogba was my favorite player of all time. Wow, that's. Mm-hmm. And that's really you've got a heck of a story. So, so what was there? I I read was there some kind of war or something going on that that led to the refugee program or something over there? Yeah. That- so, uh, in '97 there was a uh, a war in my country. That's when the dictator in my country, Bamabutu, uh, was he essentially fled the country, and then uh, the the dude that drove him out, Laurent Desiré Kabila, became president. And then that's what forced my family to move from the Democratic Republic of Congo to the Republic of Congo. That's when we became refugees. And then uh, after that, we moved to Togo because, you know, things like, you know, the assumption was, you know, like the war wasn't going to continue. It was just going to stop and they were going to go back home. But, you know, like things just insecurities just kept uh, like, you know, building up. Like there was just like little rebellions here and there. And it wasn't like my uh, grandma at the time didn't feel it was safe for us to go back. So. That's when we took refuge in Togo. And then that's where I grew up until I was 11 years old. And then uh, that's what made us eligible because uh, the reinstallation program allows uh, families from war-torn country to basically get a fresh start in the United States. That's awesome. So 
So did your whole family come over? Do you still have family over there or? I actually do. So my dad is still over there. My uh, granddad is still over there. Like keep in mind, things are, are, are very well now. Like, you know, like my country has gone through this rebuilding process. Uh, we've just had uh, a peaceful passage of power this last election. You know, the economy started built up, the institutions are being settled. So right now things are fun. There's no more word there at all but um yeah my my dad is still there my granddad is still there uh my when i when i came to the united states i was reinstalled with my grandmother my mother my two aunts my uncle and my little sister that's who i came in the united states with okay do you get do you get to go see them every now and then and visit uh so i i used to when i was in high school but then when I started playing college football, I I didn't I didn't really have the time to go back yeah. as much as I wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, I understand. That's that's definitely a sacrifice you have to make. Exactly. You gotta you know you. There's nothing nothing good that comes without sacrifice. Something need to catch an L somewhere. Yeah. Something's gotta something's gotta give. Exactly. I'm I'm sure you'll you'll definitely be getting a chance to go see them more. Like once once you get in the league and you know y'all get in the off seasons and stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. And it, you'll you'll be able to give back to them, you know, for giving mm-hmm. so much to you, and that that's that's you know, it's just awesome, man. So it is, and it's. I mean, it's. I like what you just said, the give back portion, and that's that's one thing that I would say. Um, I've got like you know, throughout like I mean, again, I'm only 22 years old. You know, I'm I'm young. I haven't seen like <laughs> I'm still a spring chicken, as my coach used to say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, like it's the give like all my life, you know, I've got people that pour in me, you know, just because and they didn't have to from like Kochi, uh my high school coach. He didn't have to do that. You know, he could have after the first time he asked me, he could have been like, Yeah, okay, dude, like, you know, just go about your business. But I feel like you you always need, you know, those guys like, you know, that just pour into people because you never know how you're going to impact somebody in a positive way. And uh like that that gives people a chance that, you know, sometimes they wouldn't see themselves. Like, you know, I would have never dreamed at the time that that interaction that I have for two weeks with that person would lead to me uh, go to a great institution at TCU, graduate from a great institution, and then have a chance at the NFL. You know, like, you never know uh, the things that you do to help people to, you know, overcome whatever it is that they may, uh, you know, have to overcome. And then also, like, Half the battle is like you know being given the opportunity. The other battle is for you to like you know wake up every day and keep grinding, and keep grinding. Yeah, you definitely need something something to keep you going when you're when you're working that as much as you are now and how and how much you've worked to get here. Honestly, it's just you got to have something. <laughs> exactly, you do, and I I feel like everybody has that something in them. I think it's the level to which you know uh, like certain people. It's okay. The best way that I that I can put it is, you know, Malcolm Gladwell talks about the right effect, right? So like uh everybody has different levels to like getting the right. Some people it's like they're the person that can start the right. Like, you know, they need no motivation from anybody else. You know, they have a rock and they throw it out the window to break it. Well, somebody that's behind them, well, maybe their threshold is they need to see one person throw and then boom. They're the one that can throw. And then the person's like, okay, I they need to see two people and then they, they throw. That's the way that I, I try to think about, you know, like uh like encouragement, like, you know, uh just innovation. You know, like everybody has that potential in them to become great. Sometimes, you know, what is your threshold? You know, and everybody's threshold is not the same. And I feel like it because it doesn't cost anybody any anything 
to encourage. It doesn't. It's very. It's, it's free. It doesn't cost you a thing, and you're not gonna lose anything. But it's you know it's something that I feel like in our society is very much lost, and you don't know how much as a society as a whole we're losing by not you know encouraging and you know keep uh. Like, you know, like, hey, good job, you know, you should try this, you should read this, you should uh, look into this, you know, like, just spread that positivity around, because you don't know how that's going to be paid back, you know, uh, 10 times fold, 100 times fold, 1,000 times fold. Yeah, that's, that's really awesome, man. I appreciate I appreciate that. I know people listening are going to appreciate what you just said there. So, so, you were in high school, you got, you know, you got through... I guess uh, college scouts started coming out and scouting mm-hmm. you from that point. And then did you end up getting a, a full ride scholarship to TCU? Yeah, I did. My recruiting part is actually ridiculous. So, again, keep in mind, I only played like actual high school football for two years, my junior, senior year. Yeah. So my senior year, it was just out of nowhere. Like it was. I will wake up and I have like five offers. Like I remember the day. I got the TCU offer. It was my third offer within, like, 20 minutes. Like, I was like, I had Oklahoma State, then I had Texas Tech. Te- I, Oklahoma State, then I had Texas Tech, then I had TCU. Then I had, who else offered me that? The Boise State. Like, it was just it was just insane. Like, offers came out of nowhere. Uh, coaches wanted to come home and meet my family. Then keep in mind, I'm the first one in my family to play sports in college. I'm the first one in my family to play sports in, in high school, uh, in the United States to go through the recruiting process. So uh, going through that process was kind of overwhelming because, first of all, you know, my parents didn't know, like, you know, what was going on or, like, you know, like, what, like, how, how do you, uh, you know, how, how do you go back picking a program to play at, you know, at the collegiate level? You know, obviously they know about the academic part. I come from a very academic family. But, you know, the sports aspect of it, they didn't really grasp. And at the time, I'm, I mean, I'm 16 years old. You know, you, you asked to make a decision that's going to impact the rest of your life. And that's where, again, like, that's what I mean, talking about, like, um, you know, you're a Gary Vee fan. And, you know, I was watching Gary Vee videos before I even saw his Vinner Sports. Talking about, like, you know, this idea of mentors and how mentors are very important. And I remember I was just so overwhelmed, you know, having no calls from coaches. And they all tell you the same thing they're recruiting. You know, like, my wife is going to be like a mother to you. They're going to bake you cookies. It's going to be a family. And I was like, okay, like, all these people telling me, you know, I'm going to be a family and all that. So, like, how do I pick, you know, which school to go at? So, I walk in his office and I was just, I was very, I was very candid with him. I was like, look, Coach E, uh, I have all these options and I know they're great options and I, I don't want to mess up, like, you know, if, if I was your son, like, where would I go? And he was like, TCU. And I was like, wait, what? It was like, TCU. I was like, Coach, Coach, you don't get it. Like, you know, all these people are telling me you have all these offers. I was like, oh, like, you know, you need to go to SEC. You need to go to, like, you know, a, a bigger school. It's cool with, like, you know, 100,000, like, you know, uh, student population and all these different things. It was like, no, like, you know, to understand something, you know, TCU is a great institution and a great uh, part of Texas, you know. Not only uh, the football, he didn't even talk about the football aspect. It was like just the academic aspect of it is great. Uh, and the network uh, possibility that you're going to get at TCU is going to be very much different than the, these other schools. Because, first of all, it's a uh, smaller community. It's a tighter community. Everybody knows everybody. And, you know, as long as, you know, you, you uh, go about your business and do the right thing and, you know, be the person that you are, you, you're going to be get put on a pedestal where, you know, people are going to be able to recognize you and uh, going to help in the future. Because, you know, that's what this whole thing is about. It's all about networking. 
and he was the on the football aspect of it, you have a head coach that's not going anywhere. You know, at the time, you don't factor it into uh, consideration. And looking mm-hmm. back on it, I've talked to friends that they've had five position coaches within uh, their college career, three different head coaches, and you you don't you don't realize how much job security should be a big part of why you pick an institution to go to. So those two instances combined, uh, you know, made me visit, uh, made me want to visit TCU. And I remember, as soon as you get on campus at TCU, you you don't want to go anywhere else. Like it's it's beautiful. It really is. It it just catches you. And the people are just different. The people at TCU are, are truly different. Wow, that's. That's great, man. <laughs> I'm glad you picked TCU. I actually, I, I, I like TCU. I can't believe Oklahoma State, though. That's that's a really big school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's one mm-hmm. of the big schools. So you got TCU. You worked your ass off. Yeah. And, you know, you're getting into your senior year. Were you in – how? Uh, what year were you in when, when you started uh, thinking about getting uh, – declaring for the draft and stuff like that? Well, my – I knew I was, you know, I wanted to get, I was going to get my degree before even worrying about anything else. That was, you know, first and foremost, you need, you know, that diploma, not only for me, but also for, uh, you know, the sacrifice that my family made. Again, you know, like, I'm very grateful for the the family that I come from. And, you know, like my, my grandma is somebody that I hold very dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that degree was going to mean a lot. You know, it was like a, a thank you, you know, for everything that you've done in my life. And uh, so I registered in my freshman year and I was able to graduate with a degree in combined science in biology and psychology. And uh, when I got that piece of paper, which was my retro senior year, so my last year, I know, OK, so I accomplished everything that I want to do. You know, it's time for me to, you know, uh, take the next step. And so is that when uh, Vayner Sports reached out to you? Uh, you know, that's actually funny. So different training trainers started like, you know, hit me up like, okay, like, you know, come to uh, visit my facility to come train and like different agents will hit me up. And then, uh, one where I train at right now, athlete sport, the trainer there, Ryan, he was like, oh, come on, you know, let's, let's get lunch, you know, talk about, you know, where you want to go train at. So I sit down with him and we talk about, okay, like, you know, what are you looking to train at and who you do want to train with? And then, uh, my online coach now, Brian Waters, is one of the people that work at Athlete Sport. And, again, you know, be one of those guys that look into, uh, you know, the history of football. I don't know who Brian Waters is. I mean, the, the dude played for 15 years, 10-time pro bowler. He's in the a, he's in the Kansas City Chiefs ring of honor. Just in the, one of the best guards to ever play the game. I was like, yes, I want, I want, I want to train with him. And then we just talk, start, you know, conversing about life and uh, what is it that I want from an agency because at the time I was like you know uh, I'm narrowing down I, I gave myself a, a, a deadline to January 2nd to pick which agency I'm going to sign with and it was okay so like you know which agency are you talking to what are you looking at the agent and I was just telling him you know about how, about how you know I'm I always saw myself as you know not just an athlete but you know understand you know the business side of sport and uh I'm more than just what I do on the field, you know, much more like, you know, like, you know, I like, I like conversing with people and talk to people about life, but, you know, I'm huge encourager, like in, in college, I will go to school and speak to kids and, you know, trying to like, you know, empower them to, to do that. They can become whatever the heck it is that they want to become, you know, there, there's no box, there's no ceiling, this whole thing about, you know, you need to be this type of person, look this type of way to become anything is absolute BS, you know, just 
put your head down, put the work in, and you're going to achieve it. And he was just like, oh, that's, you know, I, I have an agent, you know, uh, I think y'all two will meet very well. And I was like, and uh, do you, are you interested? And in the back of my mind, I was like, dude, I already have like so many people. And I was like, I don't even know who I'm going to sign with. You know, you're adding more to, to this, um, to this thing. It was like, no, like, you know, it's Tommy Sims and he works for Venue Sport. And he said that, and I looked at him, and I started laughing. He was like, why are you laughing? It's like, it's funny, because, you know, I'm I'm big on LinkedIn. Like, if you look at my LinkedIn, you know, I post things, like, all the time, every day. And one of the reasons I start, I do that is because I remember my sophomore year of college, you know, that's when I stumbled upon who Gary Vaynerchuk was even, and, like, you know, clicked on his videos, and I was like, okay, like, this dude is kind of, you know, he's he's out there, he's wild, but I like what he preaches, you know, like, he's, he's a candid guy, he's the you know, hey, I, I don't look the part, I don't talk the part, but, you know, one thing as I do is I put my head down at work, and by God, I'm, you know, I'm going to achieve, and I was like, I, I get 100% behind that, just work, and he said, and I was like, you know, just because of that, I'm gonna give him a chance, because, you know, I, I agree, we know what, um, what, what Gary V stands for, and I sit down with Tommy Sims, and I was just, right there and then, it was just, it was just perfect, I was just like, man, like, the same energy that, you know, I see from the videos and Gary is the same energy I felt from Tommy. And I was like, wow, like, you know, like, you know, they pride himself on being, you know, the agency for the modern athlete. And that's what I uh, aspire to be. So you signed with Vayner Sports. Was that on January 2nd that you... No, that was actually later. So we were supposed to sign on January 2nd, but he couldn't get a flight, obviously, because, you know, so close in the, in the, so early in the year. So we ended up signing on the... Fifth or the sixth? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So, so now, so now you're just working out. You're just working your butt off, training, trying to get better, get ready for. You said pro day is next. When is when is that? Pro day is March twenty seventh. Okay. What is that? What does that entail? Pro day. Well, a pro day there's going to be uh, NFL scouts, NFL coaches at uh, our facility at TCU, and they're basically going to put you through different drills, different position drills, and, you know, just they, – they basically work out. It's a tryout. It's it's an interview process, essentially, yeah. Okay. It's, it's an interview with a bunch of NFL coaches. And so what's the – What's the next big thing after the, the pro day that you're going to Well, play? after pro day, then you have uh, individual workouts. So after pro day, uh, individual teams will, you know, call you and be like, okay, uh, we want to work you out this day at our facility. And you they fly you out to those facilities. And then you have a much one-on-one interview with the, with the coaches and the facility. And then after that, the next stop is the draft. And, you know, that's, that's a lottery and you just get to wait until your number, your, 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 your number's called. <laughs> Had the, so has Vayner sports given you any kind of early projection is when they. Not at all. And I told them I didn't want to know, like, you know, uh, exactly. I, I told them I didn't, I didn't want to know. Cause I was just, I'm much more worried about like, what is it that I do now? You know, I, I wasn't, I'm not a big project. Like none of that matters. It's all about what you do there and now, you know, <laughs> like yeah. speculations are all good, but you know what, what do you go, what are you actually going to do about it? And like, that's what I tell my, uh, my general Tom, Tommy, I'm just like, yeah, I'm working and I'm just getting, you know, get my body in the best ship he's ever been for pro day. And then when pro day comes around, make sure that I'm ready for that. And then, you know, whatever steps after whatever, step, whatever comes after is whatever comes after. 
I think that's the right mindset to have for sure is not not to keep uh keep that noise you know keep that noise out and just focus on you and just focus on grinding that's I think that's definitely the best mindset to have exactly oh yeah all you can do is work you just I, I say it all the time you just got to keep chopping wood you can't worry about the outside no just keep chopping wood eventually the tree fall down you do not know when the tree's gonna fall <laughs> you have no idea all you control is how hard and how often you chop all right so so like i'm a huge houston fan you know i'm from houston big texans fan you know we could use a another big lineman another nice lineman so <laughs> hey. maybe, and maybe Maybe they'll call you up and send you down. If they do, we should definitely hook up one-on-one. That'd be great. Exactly. And if they do, man, I would be more than glad to be a Texan. I'll tell you that. It's a great organization. We're going places, man. Exactly. Y'all y'all, the heck of a season. Heck of a season. And I tell you what, that last game, I, yeah. I, you know, you know, more like, you know, the next day people were like mad and all that. I think it shows that there's a few like the Chiefs are a very good team. They right. are a very they are a very very talented team. Not saying that the Texans aren't, but the Chiefs are very talented. And for the the one thing about the Texans, they did not give up at all. Like you know, people talk about you know they got up and they gave up. No, they didn't. If you see with the way they play, the way that they attack, that team has a lot of heart. And as long as you have number four back there, Deshaun Watson, you have a shot. <laughs> you have a shot. That he's he's special. He's yeah, special. dude, man, that's my dude. He's gonna be around for a long time. <laughs> exactly, y'all, 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 y'all got diamond in the rough right there. Yes, sir. So, do you do you have any any particular organization that you prefer to go to? Just not gonna worry about as far as a team a team picking you or picking you up or anything like that. Like I know this sounds cliche, but honestly, I really like not really, not really. I tell you that when I was when I learned because if you, obviously like I learned to love football because you know I have no idea what football was. One of the organization that I used to watch a lot was the Patriots because you know they were winning a lot at the time. But as like I don't you know wherever you know my 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 name gets called and I'll be more than glad to be uh you know a part of that community, a part of that city, and uh, a part of that organization. Oh, that's going to be great, man. I know that wherever you end up, you know, whether it's football, life, outside of football, whatever happens, I know you're going to you're going to absolutely crush it, man. You're just <laughs> thank you. You're, you're a great person. You got a you got a great story and I really appreciate you coming on and talking talking with me today and just kind of sharing. Oh yeah, anytime, man. Anytime. I love this. So, before we go. So, mm-hmm. Say someone out there is listening and, you know, maybe they're facing some kind of adversity in their life. And, you know, it could be anything. Everyone's got got stuff, you know, negatively affecting them. So what would be one thing that you could say to them to kind of help them fight through it and achieve that? You know, you talked about not not having a seat. What, what, what's one one piece of advice that you would give them? Very good question. One piece of advice. Can can I make it two? Absolutely. First of all, the first thing that I would say is like, don't keep it bottled in. Because if you keep it bottled in, that doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help you. And it doesn't help the people that are around you that are going to have to deal, you know, with you on a daily basis. I would say talk to somebody, whoever it is, whoever you know that somebody is. Make sure that, you know, you share that with you. The second thing that I would say, just keep chopping. Just keep working. 
Just because that's the only thing that you can do. I think, you know, people are worried about, you know, I'm falling on my face, I'm down. But that's an opportunity because if you fell on your face, there's there's nowhere lower that you can go. You know, like you, <laughs> you're already there. You're already down. This is already the worst that can possibly happen. So all you can do is is get up and keep fighting, keep chopping. Like you, you didn't, you like I use I say it all the time. Like even my teammates get tired of me saying all the time. But it's you do not control when that tree is going to fall. You only get to control how hard and how long you chop. And that's just that's just it. Like make sure you talk to somebody about whatever it is that you know you have about because we all need that support from somebody, anybody. But as a view, one thing that you can control is how much work you put in. The the destination is not the goal. The process should be the goal. Because that's what you can control. Control what you can control. And that's you chopping. All right. That's some great advice. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up here. So we want to wish you nothing but success, nothing but happiness on your journey, wherever, whatever happens, wherever this takes you. Nothing but success, nothing but happiness. And thanks again for coming on the podcast, man. Thank you, man. I enjoyed it very much.